everyone, and welcome to the very first episode of the Lincoln's podcast, Tax and Stuff. My name is Kim Arnold, and I'm going to be the main host of the podcast. I have been working at Lincoln's for just over five years. I'm an accountant, and I am mostly interested in agriculture and business clients. Just a disclaimer before we get started, I do just need to let you know that the information in today's podcast is of a general nature and does not consider individual circumstances. So if you have any questions, please contact your accountant directly. Just a quick explanation of how the episode will be structured. Basically, I will do a bit of a mini subject to start off with. Might be an interesting news article or a new law or something like that that I feel like you would want to know about. And then we'll get into the main subject. Most of the main subjects are going to have a special guest. And today we have our very own Rob Pryor joining me. We've got an interesting one today. Uh, the main subject is going to be busting those down the pub tax myths that I'm sure you have all heard at some point or another. So the mini subject I'm going to talk to you about today is a funny one. Um, but you can tell me if you think it's funny or if it's just accountant talk. <laughs> So have you ever heard the old adage that you should never buy a mechanic's car because mechanics work on cars all day and so their own cars never looked at? Well, that definitely goes across industries. So most tax agents or accountants are known to keep their own tax returns to the very last minute and on deadline day, we're all sitting there trying to get our own tax returns done. And an article actually came into my inbox today that said that some tax agents take that a bit too far. There was a couple of tax agents over East who have actually been banned from being tax agents for at least 18 months because they were not lodging their tax returns and they were not paying the tax office on money that they owed. So if you are ever late on lodging your tax return, no, it's not just you. Apparently it's us as well. Okay, so on to our main subject today, which will be busting those tax myths. You know the ones when you are down having a drink with a friend and you can't understand how they're getting a massive refund and you aren't. But first, let me introduce you to our very first guest, Rob Pryor. So Rob is a partner here at Lincoln's and this year is his 20th year of working here. Welcome, Rob, and thanks for being a part of the very first episode. Oh, Kim, thanks for having me. Looking forward to busting a few of these myths with you today. Oh, gee, we should be down at the pub uh, busting some myths over a beer or something, shouldn't we, considering these are pub tax myths? Yeah, absolutely. I probably should have bought a few beers along. (laughs) All right, well, let's get into it. The very first myth is, I was offered a pay rise, but I don't want it. I'll go into the next tax bracket and then I'll just end up losing more money. Right, okay. Just If you're offered a pay rise to start with, just take it, okay? (laughs) Yes, you might lose some of it in tax, but you're still going to keep the largest part in your hand. So going to the next tax bracket doesn't mean you're going to pay the higher tax on the whole of your income, only the portion that goes into the next tax bracket. So we'll talk a little bit about tax brackets and without getting into the too much detail, but roughly the first 18 grand of income you can earn is tax-free. For 18 grand to, to 45 grand, you pay nearly 20 cents in the dollar. From 45 to 120, about 32 cents. 120 to $180,000 of income, you pay 37 cents. And then over 180 grand, you're paying 45 cents in the dollar, plus 
2% Medicare levy. So, so they're the current tax brackets we're in. So the, the first $18,000 of income you earn every year is always tax-free. And that doesn't matter whether you're earning you know, 45 grand a year or 180 grand a year. Still, the first 18 grand of income you earn every year tax-free. So, and the maximum tax you're ever gonna pay on, on anything you earn is gonna be 47 cents. So it's roughly half. And that's only if you're in the 180,000 plus of income situation. So talking about pay rise. Okay, so let's say you're earning 40 grand a year. Just for an example to start with. And then you get offered another 10 grand. Great, you're now going to be on 50 grand a year. You're going, hang on, that's putting me into the 32% tax category. I'm going to lose a third in tax. Well, no, you're not. Okay? You're only paying 32 cents in the dollar on five grand of your income that goes into the next tax bracket. The other five that's still in the lower bracket, you're only paying 19 cents in the dollar on. So you're not paying 32 cents. Even though you've now gone into the 32% tax bracket, you're not paying that on the whole lot. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So basically what you're really saying is if you're offered a pay rise, Please take it. Yes, absolutely. Why wouldn't you? <laughs> All right. Well, why don't we move on to myth number two? Now, this one is particularly personal to me because my own husband asked me this. Okay. Uh, it is, I earn the same amount as my friend, but he's getting massive tax refund and I'm not. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I've heard this one plenty of times in the past. So what you earn is only one part of this, uh, that makes up your tax situation. Okay. So there's a whole heap of other things. So did your, your friend, partner, did they, how much tax did they pay to start with on the wages? Yes, they've earned this much in tax, but how much did they pay on, the, on their wages? Maybe when you're comparing two people alongside each other, one person's paid $1,000 more in tax during the year than the other. If that's the case, there's a reason for the variation. Yes, you've earned the same. You've both earned 50 grand a year. The one's paid a bit more tax. So that, that goes into it. And then there can be other things too. What about the, how much they've spent on work-related costs? They've spent another $1,000 more on tools than the other person. If you're comparing someone, someone's been a thousand on tools, someone hasn't, that's going to affect your tax refund as well. Yeah, well, that is exactly what it was. My <laughs> husband had paid like, spent like $500 on tools and his mate had spent like $5,000. And I was like, well, that's the reason, isn't it? But anyway. <laughs> well, that's, that's exactly the case, I guess, because you don't know what's going on. And when that question's come up in the past, oh, my mate's got you know, a bigger tax refund than me, we're earning exactly the same. You don't know, unless you're comparing both returns side by side, you don't know what they've got. Maybe they've got a rental property and they've got losses. They haven't told you their whole financial situation, so you don't know what's really going on. The only real way is exactly that side-by-side -side comparing and going, right, here's this tax return for whoever, David, and here's a tax return here for Ben. Putting the two side-by-side -side and go, right, what's the difference between the two? And I've, I've done that in the past for a few clients, and then it's really obvious. Well, yes, you might have earned very similar incomes, but one person's paid a bit more tax, one person's got these investments, one person has claimed a lot more, they've, they've bought more stuff for work. So you've got to compare side-by-side -side to yeah. really know the real differences. Yeah. Absolutely. And they're probably not going to do that down at the pub, are they? No. At the pub, <laughs> all they're talking about is, I've earned this, you've earned this, I've got this refund, how'd you get that? You know, um, no, you've got to look at the differences, really. Yeah, absolutely. And that whole, like, deduction things actually moves us into myth number three. And this is sure. one that we hear all the time. Deductions. Well, I can claim the standard deductions, can't I? I can claim 150 bucks for laundry, $300 for work-related expenses, and I can just claim 5,000 kilometres for my car, right? <laughs> well, yes and no, okay? <laughs> um, so, no. They're, they're, look, there's a standard, those standard kind of deductions, which means you can claim these things without receipts. You don't need receipts for your laundry if it's under 150. You don't need re receipts for under, up to $300 of work-related expenses 
and 5,000 Ks in your car. Okay, so you don't need receipts, but you still gotta justify it. There's still gotta be a reason that relates to your income and why you're earning income and what you've spent. So the $300 work expenses, what have you spent on that? Maybe it has been protective boots that you've had to claim. Okay, how much are they approximately? You don't need receipts up to that level, sure, but you've gotta have some justification behind that and that it is directly related to the work you're doing. You can't claim laundry of your work uniform if you haven't got a work uniform. Like for me at work I wear a suit, but that's not deemed a work uniform that I can claim laundry of. Different if you've got logo top work clothing or protective clothing, different story. So you still gotta justify effectively. I mean, the, thing, I, the thing here too, just to keep in mind, is the tax office take a self-assessment view, right? So when you lodge your tax return, they accept that initially and they'll give you a refund. And this can come back to some of this pub talk as well. What the tax office then do behind in the background, and they're getting better at it, is doing computer generated audits that look at your industry, what kind of deductions you've claimed compared to others around Australia, and then they generate an audit. And that'll either go to an audit team that'll call you directly, or it comes out for a letter saying, please justify your expenses. So you just gotta be mindful of what you can and can't claim. In fact, there is, tax officer got a whole heap of benchmarks, about 40 odd benchmarks for different occupation codes and what you generally can and can't claim in those in those areas and these range for all different things you know your, your teachers police officers mine site workers even adult industry workers for example <laughs> and say what kind of mind boggles what you can and can't claim but they've got some ideas in there or what they think so if you're claiming something different to, to that you've just got to have a good reason behind it if you're doing your own tax return you should definitely look at those or otherwise come and talk to your accountants because we're obviously keeping on top of this kind of stuff but again, so let's say you get your refund, you lodge your tax return, you get a refund, cool, you move on, you go, great, I've got away with claiming that. doesn't mean you can necessarily claim it, and what we sometimes see is, that, and it could be a few years later, is a tax officer then do an audit maybe two or three years ago and look at your income and go, actually, please justify what you put in there, and if you can't, you're paying penalties and interest or worse. And we have seen it a lot, like, we have seen that happen to people that we know, we've seen that happen to clients who have done their own tax returns in the past and also the tax office put out rulings about these and they all come from court cases and some of them Absolutely. some of them are literally specifically about one guy who claimed 5,000 kilometres every single year but when it came to justifying it they were like no you just because you chose to work at that location that day that was a choice so that's not claimable actually that's right and so yeah just be really careful about it that's right. Yeah, exactly right, Kim. So yeah, so this so this year I guess there's a few things the tax office a they're looking at rental property deductions. It's another part of focus. There's been a few changes this year with COVID, so they're really looking at things like what you're claiming for home office. A lot more people have been working from home around the country, and so they're looking at what you're claiming there and your how you're apportioning your work costs, your home costs for work use. Because of course when you're at home. Yes, maybe using the internet, but you're also watching Netflix and so on, or your mobile phone. It's not 100% work use, because you are talking to your family and so on as well. Mm-hmm. So you've got to have some kind of logbook for these things, and that's the kind of stuff they look at. But all those kind of work-related expenses are looking at, again, laundry work clothes that we touched on, travel and vehicle expenses, because they're expecting there'll be some changes in travel and vehicle expenses, because people aren't generally, they're working from home, they're not travelling as much. But you just got to look at that and how you're apportioning it. And the other thing too, that they're really looking at, seriously and ramping up is looking at cryptocurrency traders yes you know, it's, it's a virtual currency uh, yeah another whole topic of conversation probably but yes yeah, looking at how that's going i think on deductions deductions is such a hot topic at the moment obviously it's august everyone is doing the tax returns at the moment yep. 
and it's really something we can talk about all day because there's so much to deep dive into. But if anyone wants to hear more about deductions, let us know. We could always do a specific episode on that. All right. Well, let's jump into the very last one. Myth number four. If I spend $1,000 on tools, is the tax office going to give me $1,000 back? <laughs> Sorry, Kim, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> yeah. Look, lo- lots of people actually have this assumption. And I guess as accountants, we still get miffed a few times. that Because people in business, let alone people on, on, on wages, people in business still also think that. It's, no, it's not the case. Okay, so this goes back to probably what we were talking about at the beginning with those tax brackets. So you get tax back depending on what bracket you're in. So if you're earning between forty-five and $120,000 a year, taxable income, you're in that 32 cents in the dollar roughly tax bracket. So if you spend $1,000 on tools, you're gonna to save 32% in tax. That's the tax bracket you're in. If you're in the top tax bracket, you're paying tax at 45%, then you're gonna save 45% um, of that $1,000 you spend on tools. So, so if you spend $1,000 on tools, you're in the 32% tax bracket, you're, paying, uh, you're saving $320 in tax. And probably, again, thinking about this, it probably comes back a bit to the, the wording, and we call it a tax deduction. And that's probably not in, entirely a good reference to it because it gives a reference that it's deducting against your tax. Probably should be called an income reduction because what it is is your income is being reduced by $1,000 you spend on tools and then you pay tax on that at the marginal tax bracket. I mean, I guess another way to think about it, going back to your earlier question, so if I spend $1,000 on tools, do I get $1,000 back? Okay, so if you get a $1,000 pay rise, do you pay $1,000 in tax? No. No, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Again, you only pay... 30 cents in the dollar of tax. So it goes the same way. So really, I guess, if you think of it more as an income reduction rather than a tax deduction, it's the terminology that's out there, it's terminology that's used. But if you think of it as a reduction, maybe that might help make a bit more sense. Mm, Okay. Also, just while we're touching on that one, I guess, Kim, so you probably, people have heard in the media about this instant asset write-off and a lot of people like Harvey Norman were really banging on about this pre-30 June going, come and claim you, get your computer and get instant asset write-off. That, first of all, was for businesses only. And and secondly, yes, you're getting instant tax reduction um, of that $1,000 you spend on a computer, for instance, but again, you're only getting back up to your tax bracket. So maybe you're only getting back yeah, $300 of that. Uh, depending on your tax bracket. Yeah, and I think the other thing with that is that people kind of forget that once you're not earning any income, once your income's down to zero, or really once it's down less than 20000 yeah, you're not paying tax full stop. No. So don't just go and buy something for the sake of buying something. Actually consider what your tax rate is and whether you really need it because it's not going to give you that much back. That's so, right. yeah. It shouldn't all be about tax. Tax is the secondary thing. Uh, if, you, if you can reduce your tax, fantastic. But really, what are you buying it for to start with? Yeah, and I guess today has really been more more catered to like salary and wage individual people. The instant asset write-off, as you said, is more catered towards business owners. Yep. So that is definitely something that we will do an episode in the future about more catered straight to business owners and the tax implications for them. But yeah, well, that's all of our myths for the day. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Um, No, not at this stage. No, thank you, Kim. Um, Thanks for inviting me along. I'm sure you'll uh, have me along again for some more of these episodes. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Just in case anyone was wondering, Rob had no choice in this matter. (laughs) Um, But no, I do really appreciate you coming along today and joining in. Thank you very much, Kim. Cool. Cheers. 
Thank you everyone for listening to our very first episode. I really appreciate it. Please make sure that you get in contact with us and give us any kind of feedback. I'm happy to hear if you loved it, hated it, if there's specific subjects that you want to hear. So if you actually visit the Lincoln's website, lincolns.com.au and click on the contact us button and you can fill that out and send us any information and we would really appreciate that. Thank you. So just wanted to explain before I go that these are hopefully going to be monthly podcasts and we're going to be doing a whole bunch of different episodes. So some will cater towards individuals, some will cater towards businesses, some will cater towards particular businesses. But the next couple of episodes that we're working on, not in any particular order, are there's one going to be on working holiday makers during COVID. Uh, micro-investing, which is definitely a hot subject at the moment. And the last one is corporatizing a family business. So if any of those interest you, make sure you keep an eye out on our next couple of episodes coming out. And as a quick wrap up, a few reminders, make sure that if you haven't already, you have lodged your June Bass because that was actually due back on the 25th of August. For any people working in like the building industry or if you're a cleaner or something like that, you need to have lodged your taxable payments and your report by the 31st of August. And obviously you've got your August instalment activity statement will be due on the 25th of September. So if any of those are ringing out to you and you're not sure, get in touch with us and we can help you out if you need us to. But yeah, thank you for listening. I hope that you listen in next time.